Welcome back to the Collapsia Podcast, and I'm your host, Sydney. I hope everybody's having an amazing week, an amazing almost weekend. I hope you will have an, am- an amazing almost weekend. <laughs> Lost myself there. But um, today, I wanted to talk about you being the inspo, the blueprint, if you will. Now, I feel like I've talked about, well, no, I know I've talked about creativity and wanting to be creative on the pod before. And let's say that you are me. You know, you're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I would love to start, you know, a whatever uh, business online. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. Whatever you may want to do. A lot of the time, what is the biggest thing standing in our way? Either it's, oh, it's already oversaturated. Or something I found recently is like, oh, wait, I don't feel like I've ever seen anybody do that before. And I feel like that second option can almost be more daunting because I feel like as humans, it's easier to replicate something than it is to completely create something new from scratch. And whether that's a factor of social media and technology and all of that and how easy it is to copy something now, I do feel like that is a big struggle that a lot of would-be creatives encounter. When the information comes up that, uh uh-oh, I want to do this, and I feel like it would be a good idea, but I haven't seen it before, which also is rare, but perhaps it hasn't come into your life, you've not seen it before. Not to say that it's never been out there, never will be out there, never has been, but, you know, let's say that you want to create some sort of paint shopping. Let's say it's like a paint night, right? You want to do it before, but you've never seen it done. Are you just not going to do that? I feel like that's not ideal. You know, you want to be able to fulfill your desires and you want to be able to, you know, put time and effort into your passions and what you think could be a good idea. You owe it to yourself to do it. But what's standing in the way is definitely, number one, a fear of failure. You're like, well, you know, I could just not succeed and it'll be so embarrassing because I will have said I'm going to do this and then, you know, that it just doesn't work. You know, it just doesn't work and it won't be good. But when you're doing that, when you're giving up and not trying instead of failing, then what you're telling is yourself is that, number one, you are unable to, you know, p- put your dreams and put them in the path for creation. You're not able to take your dreams off the the piece of paper, not allowed, not allowing yourself to create the plans, you know, from the group chat. What What is that? expression again it's like oh it made it out of the group chat like you can't get your idea out of the group chat you're keeping it locked away dead locked dead padded I don't know what the expression is it's not an expression it's actually an item it's an object I don't know why I said expression but you know dead bolting and into the group chat whatever it is but let me introduce a revolutionary idea right success is overrated I feel like what divides people from planners and thinkers and, you know, creators and doers, if you will, planning versus creating kind of comes from the same place. You know, you both, from both sides, you're starting at the same starting point and you're trying to get to the same destination more or less. But the morale is different between the two because one is being led by 
the destination, led by the final, you know, number that you want to see in your bank account, or maybe the final, you know, product you want to release, or the final, um, whatever it is, whatever your destination is, whatever you want to, the goal, the goal and the purpose of your invention, whatever it is, versus the doer who is, you know, anxious to create, anxious to, you know, give the idea or the project the time of day because they believe that it's got some use to it. You know, they believe that not only will this be potentially helpful to them, it could be helpful to others. You know, if nobody else is going to do it, I might as well do it. You know, you're not really focused on getting a certain goal, hitting a certain point. It's more so of a passionate affair versus a logical and financially conscious route, if you will. I've had a new, you know, mindset shift on creativity recently. Well, not so much recently, but it's come to the forefront of my brain, right? In that when you create something, you're not actually only doing it for you. And you're not actually doing it for the people who may consume your creation, right? You're not, if I tomorrow, right, start a business on toe rings, right? I don't, (laughs) guys, I don't know where toe rings came from. I was looking at my feet and toe rings came out of my mouth. But let's say that, you know, it's not, it's not a jewelry business. It's not, it's not all jewelry, you guys. This is an exclusively toe ring business. That's what it is. Um, let's say that I come out with that tomorrow. And, you know, I, 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 my mentality is like, I feel like the people need, the people need toe rings. This is going to make or like this is going to make the summer like fits, you know, a toe ring is necessary for everybody's outfit. Everybody's going to love it. It's going to save lives even because, you know, it maybe has some science behind it, like the circulation from your toes, you know, to the, because did you guys know like toes, like feet are like the most important part for like thermoregulation of the body or something like that. Like apparently if your feet are chronically cold or chronically hot, like that's something to do with your entire body. And like if your feet are cold, like the rest of your body will be cold. Or if your feet are like too hot, then the rest, like they are the epicenter of temperature. But anyway, that's besides the point. What I was saying, right, is like, let's say that that's my mentality. Like we must create this toe ring business. That's not going to be for everybody. Of course it's not going to be. Not everybody is going to go outside and be like, I need a toe ring. I must have it. No, no one is going to do that. However, what me successfully taking my thought, my passion for toe rings, and then creating something out of it and pushing for it, let's say that it fails. It literally fails. I make no money. If anything, I've lost money because I've gone through the production of said toe rings and no one's bought it you know, but, you know, I've had a great time doing it because I'm like, I want everybody to have these toe rings because I love them so much and I want everybody else around me to have these toe rings with me and nobody buys them. Me having done that, just the fact of me having done that, that tells my friends, like if this were my friend doing the toe nail business, I would look at her and be like, oh my goodness, like that is so cool. You know, you really want to do this. You really wanted to create this you were so passionate about this one thing and you were like everybody must have it and I literally like you literally created a business out of it even though it failed and you lost money that's still telling me okay if I really want something I can possibly get it you know maybe just maybe I can do it too 
And that kind of creative momentum, that kind of, it bleeds through and ripples through your life. Because I feel like that's kind of what I found where I'm like, people come to me with the podcast, right? They'll be like, Sydney, wait, it's so cool. You actually did the podcast. Like, I've been wanting to do it for so long. What is my instinct? I'm not gatekeeping. I'm literally like, okay, this is the app I use. This is what I use. You should do it. You should do this, do this, do this. Like, it's going to be great. Like, please do it. Send me anything that you create. Send it to me. Like, I want to listen. Anybody who tells me, yeah, like me and my band, we're doing this. I'm like, oh my God, send me the link. Let me see. Let me do it right now. We're all helping each other out, you guys. Like, we're all helping each other out. And I feel like creativity is one of those places. I mean, it can get really bad when you're doing a lot of comparison but at the same time comparison can be your greatest tool in just getting the ground running if you see others around you able to take their ideas and create something out of it then that can also show you okay wait a minute that doesn't exclude me you know you thinking that it excludes you is actually very egotistical because we all have the power of creation it's just whether or not you actually want to put that effort in and actually try And I feel like that's the realization I've come to recently. Hey guys. So I'm going to admit something. All those clips that you've previously listened up until this point, I recorded on September 17th. It is now October 6th. I started recording that episode after having recorded another one. And I was like, wait, I have this great idea and I don't want it to go away quite yet. So I was like, let me, let me just keep going. Let me, let me just get this out of my brain. And if you remember a few weeks ago, I briefly mentioned that I was gifted this book called The The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. And I spoke about it because I was like, I'm going to do another episode on creativity, but I want to read this book just to like acquire more knowledge and see what else is out there, what the discussion of the community is, and then come back and report back to you guys. And I was listening back to the clips and it was actually quite um, validating to hear that a lot of my thoughts were also communicated with him. But he goes even further, obviously. And I thought I would read a few little passages that can help us build upon what we already talked about, right? And a big one that he discussed, a big lesson that he discussed, was that Ideas and inspiration is not something to take for granted because once it comes, you know, it can flee. It is fleeting. And he says something very interesting. He says, think of inspiration as a force not immune to the laws of entropy. Now, what does that mean? I did have to briefly brush up on my thermodynamic knowledge because I don't, I mean, actually you guys, don't tell my teachers this. I forgot what entropy means. I had to look it up. But In summary, one of the first, so there's three laws of thermodynamics, and the first one states that there's a conservation of energy, and that this knowledge can be used to, like, determine the amount of energy lost within a certain system in heat, and kind of how that affects the efficiency of the system. Now, the second law, I think, is what Rick Rubin here was trying to refer to which was that the universe, the energy of the universe will always be increasing. It will never go into the negative. And what does that mean for your creation, your system, whatever it is? Its efficiency will always be less than zero and will keep decreasing. Guys, that's my interpretation of it. I had to look it up. I'm not completely sure. I'm not in Rick Rubin's mind. 
But he said this, and my interpretation of reading that was that whatever energy you have surrounding a certain idea or a certain inspiration is fleeting. It will never remain the exact intensity, the exact, um, you know, energy that it had when it initially was presented to you. And that kind of speaks to the urgency and the value that we should place in those moments of inspiration. Now I'm going to read a passage. Ride the wave as long as it can be ridden. If you're fortunate enough to experience the strike of inspiration, take full advantage of the access. Remain in the energy of this rare field moment for as long as it takes. When flowing, keep going. If you're a writer and you tap into a stream of ideas before bed, you may want to stay in it, stay with it until dawn. If you're a musician, if you reach your goal of creating one song or ten songs, yet the music is still coming, capture all you can. The work yielded may not be used in the current project, but it may be of use another time. Or it may not. The task of the artist is simply to recognize the transmission and stay with it in gratitude until it truly runs its course. In terms of priority, inspiration comes first. You come next, and the audience comes last. These are special moments and to be treated with the utmost devotion. Our schedules are set aside when these fleeting moments of illumination come. Summon your strength and commit yourself on behalf of this offering, even when it arises at an inopportune time. This is the serious artist's obligation. I feel like that passage really struck a chord in me because it really kind of was shown in that previous little snippet that you saw earlier. I think I must have had work early in the morning and was like, I literally need to go to bed. But I was like, this is a great idea that I've got in my head and I need to get it out. I need to give it this time and devote myself to it in this moment, even if it's just for a short while, as much as I can, so that it's out of my head and kind of into the world so that I can build upon it later. And I feel like that's exactly what I've done. When he's saying that even if it's not going to help you for your current project, it might help you for the later project, I feel like I this little snippet, this episode, is just an example of that. You know, I started the episode, didn't complete it, but here I am building upon it with more knowledge that I've acquired through reading this book. I also really like the message of recognizing that inspiration and really providing it with as much gratitude as you can possibly give it. Because the truth is that inspiration is not something that happens often, and it can happen often if you're able to foster an environment within yourself that allows those, um, you know, energetic frequencies to come towards you. But it's not something that we can rely upon. It's not something that constantly happens, especially in our day and age where desensitization is so, like, apparent. You know, it's not uncommon for me, you know, for example, there's this bus route that I take constantly. And the other day, I was just sitting there and I was reading my book, The Midnight Library, which is, love that book too, might do another episode on a lesson or two I've learned from that one, really recommend. Um, But I took a look outside, I was like, whoa, I I really like the passage in the book or whatever. And then I, I look up and I see this beautiful it's kind of like a yellow, yellow tree, yellow leaves. I don't know what kind of tree. I don't know what kind of leaves. I'm not very well versed in the nature, you know, foliage. 
But I was like, wow, it is stunning. And I'm like, I literally take this bus every single day and it's only today that I've stopped to take a look. And I was like, this is beautiful. I want to paint this. And I took a picture of it. But, you know, it's not to say that that beauty wasn't there before or that it wasn't there after. But you need to be able to kind of foster that environment within yourself where you're open to receiving that beauty and open to that sort of awe feeling so that, you know, inspiration might build upon itself. And I do think that it warrants gratitude. Now, I'm going to read another passage from the chapter Tuning In. And by the way, the last uh, little passage that I read was from a chapter called Inspiration, if you want to look it up. But here it goes. These rhythms are not set by us. We're all participating in a larger creative act we are not conducting. We are being conducted. The artist is on a cosmic timetable, just like all of nature. Now this is the interesting part. If you have an idea you're excited about and you don't bring it to life, it's not uncommon for the idea to find its voice through another maker. This isn't because the other artist stole your idea, but because the idea's time has come. In this great unfolding, ideas and thoughts, themes and songs, and other works of art exist in the ether and ripen on a schedule, ready to find expression in the physical world. As artists, it is our job to draw down this information, transmute it, and share it. We are all translators for messages the universe is broadcasting. The best artists tend to be the ones with the most sensitive antenna to draw in the energy resonating at a particular moment. Many great artists first develop sensitive antenna to not create art, but to protect themselves. They have to protect themselves because everything hurts more and they feel everything more deeply. Now, I read a little bit further than I intended to. I just read to the end of the snippet. But the biggest idea from this little passage that I thought was really revolutionary was that Ideas that come to us are not ours to own. You know, they don't belong to us. All the art, your greatest art that you enjoy uh, consuming, let's say that it is a piece of art or a music piece or a sculpture of some sort. There's another idea that he discusses in a different part of the book, but I'll kind of bring it up here, which is that the message that you are putting into a piece of art may not necessarily be the message that is received by the artist, but its need to be created remains the same. The need for that piece is always there. There's always a need for it, essentially. <laughs> but the idea that this isn't because the other artist stole your idea, but because the idea's time has come is very, very, you know, important. I feel like as humans, we kind of tend to self-doubt a lot. And this is going back to the beginning of the episode. Let's say that you really want to create something. You feel this urge to create it, but then you have this little voice in your head saying, oh, you're not the best person for this. You're not going to be able to do this. You don't have the skill set for this. Why should those stand in your way of allowing this idea and this wish of yours to come to fruition? It obviously needed to happen Whatever you wanted to embark upon, whatever business you wanted to make, whatever uh, painting you wanted to create, obviously feels its own urge to be created. And I feel like a lot of the time, we have this very egotistical sort of outlook on our creations, 
And we almost see them as a possession, and it's ours. It's ours to make, it's ours to keep, it's ours to consume. But that's not really the case, is it? And I feel like this idea that Rick Rubin presents is kind of disputing that idea. You know, it's kind of allowing us to step back and remove ourselves from this idea, this project's, you know, entity. Another big thing that I took away from this passage is the idea that the universe is kind of communicating to us, just as we communicate to it through our hopes, dreams, and desires. It's kind of, it, it's, it's a two-way street, if you will. And kind of attuning yourself to that side of it, attuning yourself to what the universe is sending you, to what the messages the universe is sending you, through these inspirations, awe-inspiring moments, you know, good moments and bad moments, you need to attune yourself to that and act accordingly. Now, I'm kind of going off on a tangent because I want to talk about that side of it more, but I thought that that gave us a lot of insight on this whole being the inspiration and kind of leaning into our creative selves, you know, through the use of this book. And I really hope that you all go out and purchase it because I am loving it. I'm only, it's, it's a very, very quick read, you guys. I mean, it looks thick. It looks really thick, but it is a quick read. There's lots of blank pages and it's written in big letters. <laughs> if, if, if reading is daunting to you, like it's very easy to read. And I'm already on page, what, 133? I've been reading it for like two days and I only read like right before bed, right when I wake up for like 10 minutes. So really recommend that, you guys. And I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And please let me know your thoughts. Send me your creations. Like I said earlier, I love to support the community. Whatever you are hoping to create or want to create and don't know how to proceed, reach out. Let me know. If I can help, I will. And if I can't help, I will try to find someone who can. Let's all help each other out, you guys. And don't stand in your own way. You know, don't be afraid to take that first step and that leap of faith, because obviously there's a reason why the idea came to you, so you might as well see it through. You know, when 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 the feeling is flowing, keep going, or whatever Rick Rubin said, I already forgot, but I think it's a lot of valuable lessons in this book, and I will update you guys as I keep reading, and I hope you guys have an amazing weekend, and I'll see you next week. Oh, and don't forget to leave a review, please, por favor, and um, also, follow, <laughs> I like had a brain fart there, uh, at Collapsia Pod on Instagram and TikTok, if you want to reach out, it's always there. Okay, bye, have a good weekend.